0: yeah so when the reality hit that you may not be able to have children what was that like for you and your family i cried
1: well, i cried i yeah. definitely cried no no it's all
0: Welcome back to the Birth Booth podcast with me, your host, Annie. Joining us today, we have Aaliyah Reed, who will be sharing with us some of her experiences on living with endometriosis. So, Aaliyah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Before we get into this, though, Mm -hmm. you know, here on the Birth Booth, we do like to kind of kick things off with an icebreaker question. So, yeah, are you ready? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Nervous. What's the icebreaker? (laughs) (laughs) I really had to think about this one I was like, oh gosh, I can't think of one But I've got a good one So what is your biggest addiction and why?
1: Oh, you can't do that on this show Oh my gosh I think right now Because of quarantine It's actually sugar Cakes, chocolates Uh, Do you know what? It's really bad Because I'm going to preach on how bad it is for the woman And anyone with endometriosis But it's actually... I've you know what today, sorry, I'm ranting now. Today I woke up and said to my boyfriend, it's no sugar Tuesdays. (laughs) Because it's getting out of control, literally. I fasted yesterday and planned to break the fast with a smoothie and I broke it with some chocolate macaroons (laughs) and I I actually almost cried.
0: It's really bad. Yeah, not alone. You are not alone. I feel like we can all identify to the fact that yeah during quarantine we're all eating sweet some sort of cake I'm chocolate sure. yeah absolutely I, I can't control myself though if it's in
1: front of me it has to go in my mouth Literally, <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah popcorn for breakfast doritos for lunch <laughs> no. <laughs> no well yeah i'm sorry but it's, it's actually anything like sugar chocolate I, I need that snack in the middle of the day mm. or you know, if I'm watching an episode of Desperate Housewives, I need something there to go with it. Some <laughs> <To> munch. <laughs> Literally yep. alongside free bitching. Yeah, we just need some munch. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it is
0: definitely chocolate. But Elia, so can we, yeah. can we? can you introduce yourself? Because um, some of us may not know who you are. Um, just give us a little bit of context about who you are, what you do, and you know, maybe just a little bit about endometriosis as well, actually, um, as an introduction.
1: Okay. Well, um, my name's Ilya Reed. I'm online, I go as Endo Mum. I have my own Endo Mum page, which is dedicated to mothers and women suffering with endometriosis. It's actually more towards endometriosis, but um, I realised there's a link between fertility and endometriosis, so I went with the Endo Mum. <clears throat> I am um, in accounting. I work in finance and studying towards my ACCA in my spare time. I'm a new mom. my baby's 10 months and quarantine has been very awful with ups and downs of trying to study, trying to spend time with family, trying to be productive, trying not to be productive. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) right now I'm in a bubble of, I'm in actually in a life-changing phase where I'm usually always working and I've I've never had a kid. So (laughs) I'm usually working, studying, socialising. And now I just feel like I'm in a a weird phase a very weird phase but um that's me i try to exercise regularly (laughs) i try to eat healthy (laughs) (laughs) see the icebreaker question ruined it but i do i really do try i try my hardest (laughs) Um, outside of quarantine quarantine is an exception so yeah (laughs) yeah and i'm a woman of god i pray daily and i follow my faith as (laughs) i know it's not easy but i do try (laughs) and um yeah that's me in a nutshell That's
0: roughly perfect. Great. So, I mean, talk to us a little bit about endometriosis because I think it's something that I'm beginning to hear a little bit more um, when it comes to topics of reproductive health. I feel like when I was 15, I knew nothing about this. Even in my early 20s, I knew nothing about this, and now it's becoming something that I'm seeing a lot more on the radar. So, can you talk to us about what endometriosis is? Um, Yeah, yeah. What is it for us? That for for those that don't know anything about what it is. Um, well yeah. The,
1: yeah. I have it, and the first time I ever saw the word written down on a piece of paper I was like in me the... <laughs> <laughs> <Didn't look laughs> was yeah <laughs> I was actually 19 years old and I haven't been living with it from when I started my period basically so yeah. yeah, don't feel bad if you don't know if you've never heard of it um, and to be honest for a lot of women it's a, it's a light bulb moment it's like, oh my gosh there's that is the thing that you know when you have something wrong with you and you put a name. To it yeah, it kind of opens up this whole like it's kind of like you grieve it because it's like, ah, I have this thing, I'm a part of this group of women now, but at the same time, it's like a sense of relief, like, okay, I'm not dying. There's a, there a time I thought I had cancer, <laughs> there's a time I was like, yeah, uh, my, my ovaries are gonna have to, you know, I don't know what is going on with me, but I know it's not good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, endometriosis is, is terrible, it's not good, but the silver lining is in 2020, a lot of women are speaking out and there is a lot more knowledge that's going out just by people sharing their stories and and kind of creating a link you know yeah. some people have things in common some people don't but then mm-hmm. that kind of all knowledge is you know is power so yeah, absolutely the that speak out the and the more we prompt you know the world health organization and nhs and yeah. all the scientists to just you know do their research themselves mm-hmm. okay so let me start with saying that um it's the womb lining shedding so the word endometriosis is the endometrial tissue that thickens and sheds during your period so you know it sheds every month and with women with endometriosis it sheds it it spreads other places and attaches itself it's quite sticky tissue it's blood it's it uh, you know i'm not a (laughs) doctor i can't go into detail but um that's, I think that's the best way I understood it. it. Your womb thickens and it sheds every month. And instead of it, you know, staying on the lining of your womb, yeah. it spreads to places like your ovary, your fallopian tubes to, for me, it moved to my inner rectum wall. Okay. It can move anywhere. I've actually networked with a few women and they've said that they found it in their lungs. Wow. You can find it anywhere in the body apart from the spleen. That's the latest research. So it's quite dangerous. I have I have problems with my... I have pain under my ribs sometimes. And I think, oh my God, you know, but I can go to the doctors, but the doctors don't know enough, yeah. you know? So it, it's a quite a frustrating thing, which is why I speak a lot on um, mental health as well and different situations yeah. you find yourself in as a woman who mm. has or thinks she has endometriosis. So... That's it in the nutshell. It will shed. Every month, you know, there's a chance of it spreading and getting worse. And once it's spreaded, these little tissue tumours, it spreads to things like your ovaries. Say it spreads there, it grows. It feeds and it grows. So that's where the pain comes in. Obviously, some people don't have it as bad and still have, like, immense pain. These mm. are question marks that we're like, okay, you know, we need to do more research. Some people... Yeah have so there's four stages to endometriosis as well There's the fourth being the worst where you need to have like surgery quite often um and you know serious surgery and first it just being light sheds you know little spots here and there so um yeah it can get worse and that's the problem so there is no cure because it will keep happening it's like a function in your body which is why i focus main, mainly on my health So I trying to find the patterns that, you know, there's no other way I could see if it's getting worse or not Mm -hmm. unless, you know, the only way is pain. If I'm suffering a lot, if I'm really tired, we deal with chronic fatigue as well, headaches. Some people have leg pain. There's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot. I didn't know this until I created my page and started networking and and you know, connecting with other women. I only knew it as for me, um, it traveled to my inner rectum wall which so I've always had sorry let's start again I've always had painful periods cool women have painful periods but my periods were the type of pain that would have me crippled in bed shivering I'd throw up my painkillers Um, my dad would always think like what's what's wrong with her (laughs) my dad once (laughs) sent my aunt to my house Um to um i think he thought i was pregnant or something <laughs> like, my aunt came and sat down and was rubbing my head and she's not the type to do that so i'm like what are you doing like and she's like would you want know, to talk and i'm like i'm actually on it's actually my time of the month i'm not lying <laughs> you know i'm going through you
0: resonate with that one
1: yeah yeah so you know all women i don't know many women who haven't had stories like this, you know, their their periods funny or irregular or heavy, yeah. which is why you can't really pinpoint who has it and who doesn't. Mm. But it's one in every 10, one in every 10 women has it. So there's quite a large, you know, it's like
0: 176 million population of the world has it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so When you say, I think you, you mentioned that um, every month you mm-hmm. have a pain. So it during, is it then during the, your period that you will have, quite immense pain or is it throughout the month yeah that's a good question for me because
1: everyone's personal journey is different for me it was just around my period but one of the main symptoms that a doctor who does know about endometriosis would look for is Mm. period pains outside of your monthly cycle okay so a lot of women a lot of women actually experience period pains when they're not even on which is a good alarm bell to say you know something's going on here okay so um yeah
0: basically (laughs) so is it a bit like is it like a cramping feeling is it pins and needles well talking from someone who gave birth it's like (laughs) contractions it is really bad
1: you're sore in your back you're sore in the front and I can't describe it the pain actually changed for me and I you know as soon as I realized as soon as I knew what I had I did research I actually I don't know if other women have, but, you know, you have that, that thing where you know where something is. So mm-hmm. I can now, when I'm going toilet, I'm in pain. When I'm going, you know, TMI, number two, yeah, I am in serious pain. That's what really gave it away. I went to A&E several times until my doctor had actually sent me to my gynecologist. Mm-hmm. So first of all, you go to your GP, but a lot of GPs don't know about this. So sometimes they prescribe you with a pill. Yeah. They prescribe you with... Um, more intense painkillers um especially black women apparently we don't feel pain as much (laughs) which is so
0: stupid (laughs) wow yeah actually it's quite shocking because you know there's quite a lot of um this kind of talk going on at the moment where black women are regarded as you know those who don't feel pain and it's just like "Mm, yes we do we do we do i I don't To our counterparts, like
1: how they, yeah, how they label us, how they like it's all black women. We're all Mm. different. There are some people, you know, women have higher thresholds than others. Why couldn't they just, you know, I may have higher threshold, but I wasn't, (laughs) I wasn't on this. And I can imagine someone else who was having the same amount of pain as me, you know, I don't know. But you can't tell me that I'm that a painkiller or the pill will cure the pain I'm in. If mm. I tell you I'm in pain, that's, that's the one issue that, that we're all, you know, having is yeah. the doctors believing us. Mm. So um, a friend actually messaged me to ask, how do you start the process if you think you have endometriosis? Mm. And I had to actually prep her to say, you know what, you need to go to your doctors. You need to go to your doctor and you need to, but also you need to have your own back. You need to have a journal You need to write down your symptoms on each day. Every time you feel, even if you're feeling tired, if if you're feeling pain anywhere, write it down and um, write down. Also have a food diary as well, because I'm big on what you eat affects your health. Um, I have another close friend who was in and out of surgery. She's had about five surgeries and she went vegan and she's fine. So, well, she's not fine. She still has it, but she hasn't gone back to have another surgery.
0: Yeah.
1: So um, I'm definitely following her in her footsteps. I mean, there's definitely a lot
0: of information online and, you know, through research to suggest that your diet does, um, you know, uh, can play and have an effect on, you know, conditions like endometriosis. um, Yeah. So, um, So.
1: yeah, so I don't want to sidetrack. So just for those who don't know, if they have endometriosis, you go to your doctor, but you need to go with all the information. And your doctor should actually refer you to a gynecologist. Okay. They should. So the gynecologist can properly yeah. check you out. They can do a scan. You have an ultra scan for me. Okay. They didn't find anything, but I was still in pain. So they went in and they gave me an MRI scan and right. that's when they picked something up. And the sad thing about this again is you will not know if you definitely have it until they give you a laparoscopic surgery, which is a keyhole surgery. Right. Yeah. So for women who think they have it, definitely the doctor's the first stage, but mm-hmm. it's tough because doctors only know the pill, painkillers and other, other options. Yeah. So, okay. But after the doctors, you get prescribed to your gynecologist. Okay. As for the food you're eating, um, again, back to black women, we have a lot more estrogen in our bodies. So it, it feeds off estrogen. You need to lower the amount of estrogen that you are eating and pick up habits and meals that are high in anti-inflammatory foods yeah. anything anti-inflammatory run to it because
0: that's what this is inflammation of the womb And when you were like oh my goodness something's not right <laughs> what, yeah what do I do because this is not just not this is not normal and I know my body when did you figure it all out
1: yeah. so I, I knew my body to have heavy periods from when I first started and quite painful yeah but I remember I was about 18 19 um I went to a fitness weekend with my (laughs) mum and uh yeah (laughs) I remember it yeah because I paid a lot of money to go to it and um I ended up in bed the whole weekend and it was quite sad because my aunt was coming in and was like what's wrong with you you're just lazy like look at her and I was in bed there like with my tea (laughs) but really and truly um again another TMI moment I'm gonna give you it all raw I (laughs) I was on the toilet, and I couldn't, you know, do a number two without... Mm -hmm. Like, I was in pain. I was holding on to, to like, the the toilet. I felt like um, everything was pulling down. I can't describe it. It was hard to describe when I was telling the doctors. It's still hard to describe now. They're saying, oh, you you know, people who have endometriosis um, have painful bowel movements. Yeah, Um, And I get that, but it wasn't that. It was as I was going there was like pain and I realized it's because the um, endometrial tissue that I was talking about before had spread it to the inner rectum wall. So as it's coming down, it's,
0: yeah, it's causing pain.
1: Yeah. And this is growing. So as it's growing wow. each month is going to get worse. And that was yeah. me. So I was, I, I had no other option, but to have a surgery because okay. this thing is back there. It's not anything I could you know work on with the pill or anything yeah. else. it's back there. And, and yeah. I can't actually go. It's, and it only actually happened when, um, it was a time of the month because again it swells, it swells up, it grows, okay, it, and then it right, sheds. Right, yeah, right, right, so, um, and also the color of the blood was black. So that's when I laid in bed and I started to cry. And my mum said, "Oh, um, I, your auntie has something similar, I think." And and my auntie didn't have any children. So then I thought, "Oh my gosh," <laughs> you know, that's, that's when my panic. that's when my brain started. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. and then each month that year it was just getting worse and worse and okay. again I think I'm quite strong so I was I was really powering through until mm. I was like I can't go I'm not going to the toilet you know you're scared to go to the toilet yeah yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I went to A&E and they gave me really strong painkillers didn't work went to a again a couple months oh, later God, and then the man it was actually a man imagine how shocking that is a man He wrote down, you may have this. It's Africa bad as well. You may have this. And I was like, hmm. And then I Googled it and oh my gosh, it was just scary. That's how I realized I may have that. So then I went to my doctor with this piece of paper and proof that I've been to A&E these many times and he's gone, okay, cool. And at the time, I'm on private health. So I went to Bupa. They sent me straight to Spire Roading Hospital in Essex and my gynecologist took it from there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, even with her, it was hard because, again, it's difficult. You, We had the ultra scan, couldn't find anything. Um, okay. Because it's in the, in the rectum wall and it was stuck other places. It was only when I had the MRI scan, which is weird. Why would you have an MRI scan for your ovaries? But here we are. <laughs> yeah. And then wow. um, she put me on the pill. I hated it. I cried. But my mom and her sat me down and were saying, yeah, you know, she that's all she knows that's going to cure it and I went Mm. on the pill and then I felt heavy at the front now so when I was you know urinating it was painful then so then I went back to her and and I was like right it's the last straw (laughs) what do we do (laughs)
0: and
1: then I had my operation and then I came back and said I can confirm you have it it was here 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 blah 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 and that's how I realized it's quite a long So on average it takes um a woman seven to or 7.5 years
0: to be diagnosed no way on average yeah wow so
1: that's and then it obviously it back.
0: worsens it, it spreads
1: yeah I, I find myself lucky that it got worse because if not if I was still in the same phase I don't know I could get to a um, 30 40 years old and then want to try for a baby and then yeah. they told me yeah that that's another problem that I was thinking oh my god there are women out there that have no idea yeah. They need to check. You need to do self-assessing. You need to check. Or some people were like me. I was powering right through.
0: God was um, like, you know, make it worse so they know. <laughs> so that they can take you seriously. Yes, now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, how, how soon can you develop endometriosis? Is it something that you develop as soon as you start your period, potentially then?
1: Yes. Maybe any like woman 12? at the reproductive stage, okay. like any woman having their period. And there's a myth that through menopause, you... It, it disappears okay there's a myth but I'm sure that there are women going through menopause who still have pain somewhere especially if it can spread to your lungs and it it does affect you as a
0: whole yeah as well so in can you like maybe talk to us a little bit about um the pregnancy side of things now mm-hmm. so how 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 are your feelings and what were your thoughts surrounding pregnancy were you did you have any worries and fears Um, any apprehensions about how um, it would be for you if you were to conceive were there any kind of concerns there yeah
1: definitely um I was already in pain so you can't really take much away from me I'm already tired because we deal with chronic fatigue (laughs) I'm like okay what's next okay you the doctor my doctor she said um I suggest you have babies younger she tells this oh I say it's all my patients you know if you have endometriosis to start planning obviously don't go now wait until you're ready but uh, you could see that she was like yeah you you may struggle and then she went through the procedures and as a as a 19 year old to be hearing yeah. IVF's an option adoption's mm-hmm. an option mm-hmm. I'm sh- scared like oh right. but and the thing is I didn't want children anyone who knows me I would rather <laughs> jump on a plane and disappear <laughs> on holiday enjoy life yeah. enjoy life child free yeah yeah especially at that stage it was like baby where like I have got I'm still yeah. the baby I haven't got my life together <laughs> what are we talking about but all of a sudden it was just like a, a thing I never spoke about it um it was just always a thing I've just thought to myself. Now I get sensitive. Women who have abortions. I know I shouldn't. It's your body, your right to. But I yeah. get sensitive. Or when I see someone, you know, I just became sensitive, and I still wasn't ready. But I always had in the back of my mind um, that I might never have children. So what I did was I decided to find me, <laughs> yeah. focus on me, be more humble. Pray to God. God, God is you know He's the one in charge. So mm-hmm. and and He you knows if I'm meant to be a mum or not. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not meant to be a mum, that's that's I had to come to terms with it really early. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm I'm dating now, so I wasn't wasn't with anyone. I was in the beginning, but that was awful. So we moved. <laughs> <laughs> you know, again, partners need to support their women, especially if you have endometriosis. And yes. some men are pretty um selfish. They don't really want to understand. But it's quite interesting that. God sent me my partner who like it was awkward it was awkward because imagine dating and you don't you don't know if you have children and mm-hmm. I feel like for him it might not be an issue but for me it's always in the back of my head and I feel like as you get older and, and especially if you're from like an Asian or African heritage children's like you, yeah, you get your girl. degree get your house you get your man you get married Where yeah. we are my grandchildren you know that's what it's like <laughs> so you know Literally. especially if you have fear of disappointing <laughs> yeah it's really hard but um yeah yeah it was yeah. children was a, it did it did affect me but no one saw
0: okay
1: no one saw I definitely yeah. went out and lived my life I was happy but mm. in the back of my mind I was thinking you know
0: yeah so when the reality hit that you may not be able to have children what was that like for you and your family I cried
1: what- I cried i yeah. definitely cried no no one saw i cried i went to my dad my dad's more sensitive you know the 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 mum. Yeah, the, <laughs> <laughs> the mom's not there she, she's like okay don't worry you'll have kids and it walks off <laughs> don't worry <laughs> yeah my mom she said that she had like a sister Oh, i had i had all three of you you know you know she wasn't as sensitive but my dad was like oh my gosh you know and i was just like crying i was I was down for a while but
0: yeah did you think do you think it affected your mental health in any way yeah it
1: did it did I I can't describe how how it affected it but I know in the back of my mind I'm not gonna have children so I'm gonna go out tonight (laughs) I'm gonna go have fun I'm not gonna you know it kind of sidetracked me from a few of my purposes which is what I'm trying to seek now Mm -hmm. but for the longest I'm traveling the world I'm enjoying myself I'm meeting new people and I'm focusing on me and trying I feel like I was trying to deflect and find peace in myself and it did work and I think I became a better person I know some women who hear that news and go into deep depression it's like one in four people who have endometriosis go into depression (laughs) that's a new study as well that's that's the good thing about 2020 with instagram and in the web that you find out a lot you get to survey people a lot it's actually really hard on a lot of women Mm. i'm more of a proactive person
0: yeah and
1: if i feel sorry for myself for too long that's where i'm going to depression so i'm just gonna go i'm gonna exercise and focus on my body and my health yeah but i feel like it was a driver it did help it and to see other women with so many children and go no you have
0: babies
1: it really hurt me but I just Mm -hmm. smiled I was like you know what you're right and then yeah I move on so Mm. it does it affects all of us you just have to think if someone told you that you may not have children what you Mm. hear really is I'm not having children you don't because usually it's like the furniture Mm. it's the furniture you have you have this you have that you have that and then you have babies when you're when you're ready so hearing that at a young age, it was hurtful, and then doing my research and finding out there is no cure, and it does progress and gets worse, and you may go in and have another surgery, and yeah. surgery can give you um, scarring tissue, and it can yep. affect things and if the, in, if the tissue if the endometrial tissue spread it to my fallopian tubes, it's going to then I heard other pe- it's going to um affect your chances of conceiving, and I've heard other people's stories, so straight away, I went into just health mode exercise yeah. mode. I was doing that, doing that, doing that. And then I went, do you know what? Sod it. I'm going I'm going on holiday. I'm going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I need to get out of this.
1: I quit. I actually quit my job. I started doing contracting accounting. So I would just, just take on like six month roles and then I'd go. I would just go. And I, I, best years of my life. I, I'm, you know, I can't imagine what it's like for people who can't do that. But yeah. I tried to be proactive because at the end of the, the day, for someone who is going through something, you need yeah. to hear this. You're going to die at some point. <laughs> Quite morbid, but your time here on earth is not forever. So if you focus on what you don't have and not what you do have, you're going to make your time here awful. It's going it's yeah. to eat you.
0: I feel like it goes back to what you said before, though, about how much emphasis our cultures put on having children it's quite an important thing for us yeah you know it's almost like if you can't have a child then you're deformed in some sort of way and you know Mm -hmm. I feel like we really need to eradicate that stigma in our culture um and a lot and I think that's what also contributes to the the depression of not feeling like a a woman um you know quote unquote because you may not have the ability to conceive Um, so I mean What do you do in that case? I mean, you said you were able to, you you kind of internalised it in your way, but I guess to someone who, Mm -hmm. where the reality is hit hard and it hurts and maybe they Mm -hmm. are sinking into a depression that's quite deep and struggling to get themselves out of it. I guess Mm -hmm. what's your advice for women in that situation, really? Join a group there are
1: women on online that have endometriosis you definitely need to join a group when when that was first offered to me there were loads of charities and loads of groups on Facebook you know I was 19 I was like I'm not joining a group <laughs> yeah. and to be honest the, the idea of joining a group for endometriosis scared me it kind of felt like you know they have those cancer groups and those it yeah. was kind of like support group it made me feel like this is really serious Mm -hmm. And I kind of run away from things like that But I would, if you are actually really depressed uh, I feel like me and myself Me sharing my story helps When I I realised that I had endometriosis I spoke about it, I was quite vocal I was like, I have this thing, I don't even know (laughs) what to do And then loads of women around me were like I have it too, I have it too I I actually found the woman who was babysitting my younger sister She was in this house every day, had it he had wow. like near to stage four, okay. and one of my work besties had it, and then the receptionist at work had it. <laughs> so, was like, it's common. Yeah, so what I did was I spoke to them, and again, none of them had children, which was an issue for me, and like I said, I didn't show it, but I thought to myself, every time I met someone who was without child and said they had it, it was like a shit. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Sorry, can I swear on
1: it? I was just like panicking, and then I'll just move on, you know? And I was desperately looking
0: for someone who has it with children. I mean, with, uh, um, with endometriosis, is IVF an option? Can a woman consider yes. IVF?
1: Yes. At my, my work bestie, she has had two children she's on her second her first one was IVF the second one I can't tell you I wasn't that intrusive this time around you know we're in quarantine (laughs)
0: congratulations yeah that's (laughs) all you need to know
1: (laughs) yeah yeah the first time around she did tell me because I I met up with her and we sat down you see I was in that state of I really need to know how she did that so I actually met up with her because we moved on we both left the company and we you know had a lovely dinner we spoke about it and she said yeah IVF does work it was kind of like a like a do you know Jesus moment she was like oh my <laughs> IVF works like it actually worked but yeah so um there is definitely an option and again it's sad some women IVF does work for some yeah. men doesn't but I would just say keep keep going keep going if the yeah. is, if your baby's what you want just keep yeah. going and yeah. in in God's timing I've actually yesterday I don't know. I'm going to keep it no name basis. Okay. My mom's friend who is 49 is having her first child. Wow. Yeah. So you, that's the thing, right? All the average women who don't have endometriosis are like, 49! No, 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 no. Oh my God! Da, 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 da. And then I'm sitting there like, wow, you don't know what she's gone through. You don't know. And my mom's yeah. like, I wouldn't have a baby before. I said, if it's her first one. Imagine if her whole life, that's all she wanted.
0: Mm. Can you
1: imagine? And now yes. God has blessed her. Yeah. You know, I'm just, it's actually, absolutely. it's emotional. It's actually emotional. That the, that's why I say just, it's hard not to think about it, but just focus on you. Be the best yeah. person you can be. And the pre-mum, you know, post-mummy time. Be yeah. the, So you can, when you have your baby, you can say, I did this, this, this. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, can you talk to us a little bit about your um your childbirth experience, you know, your yep. labour. You know how was that like for you how did you react when you first found out that you were pregnant what were the feelings that you kind of experienced during that time in that period
1: okay so um again back to my boyfriend my boyfriend when i when we first started dating it was hard to tell him, you know, what I was going through. And he basically, uh, you know, when you have that question, like, what's the most important thing in life for you, babe? Like, what's your <laughs> yeah. goal in life? You're, that one thing what that, that makes like your, your life meaningful. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, for him, it was more intense. It was like, what's that, what's that one thing in your life? Yeah? If you die, you're glad you did. He was like, children, I want to have a child. And I said, oh my gosh, all right, cool. So I was intense. Like, I was like, I have to tell him. So then I told him and surprisingly he, was, he made it feel like everything's going to be okay and he's with me all the way and then he went and bought the books, Demetrius's books and wow. was reading it with me, gave yeah. me one, we had two, two. <laughs> so he had one and then we swapped over and he wanted to know everything about it and I feel like when you have a man that's interested like that, you hold on to him. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, it's definitely a two-person's journey but... um. Yeah, so we were careful, but not that careful because I was under the impression that it was going to take me a very
0: long time to conceive. Yeah. right?
1: Because at that stage, nobody was having, nobody, none of my friends who had it had babies. I was in that bubble of, it's really difficult. Um, but then I fell pregnant um, and it was interesting. He was really happy and I was like, what? It was like, everything's coming fast. <laughs> I was really like, yeah. but then I was really worried about, my health now so i'm googling what um how endometriosis affects pregnancy and there is zero research out there but um the usual i was low on iron and but other than that i had a really lovely pregnancy apart from the birth (laughs) so the birth okay roughly five days i was in labor for five days wow and yeah it's it's no surprise that if my body fails me with the period and this and that (laughs) it's gonna fill me up (laughs) but I thought I've got like a lucky streak and I'm gonna be really good and this is gonna go very well but um, I actually had to have the hormone drip so with that when I was going to scans I said I have endometriosis and will this affect me nobody knew anything they were like oh you're just lucky you're you're lucky to have a baby with endometriosis I was getting that Hmm. kind of I like, yeah. don't question it. It's fine. Everything looks fine. But in the back of my mind the whole way I'm like, oh my god, I've endometriosis. Like, you know, it is really Yeah, I I didn't know much about pregnancy. This came as um a surprise or it was just happening really fast. Yeah. So I didn't know that, you know, the rates of black women dying in hospitals, I didn't know at all. But when I after having my baby, I realised why. They don't really answer your questions they don't really take your concerns or the pain you're in as seriously as you are they they are like this is just procedure the woman's going to be screaming the woman's going to be this the woman like you know and um so my water's actually broke and I didn't go into um active labor I didn't have any contractions until the next day so my water birth was at the window. I really wanted a water bath. <laughs> it was yeah. out the window. Um, and they kept me on um what was it antibiotics?
0: Okay.
1: Um, and they, I was on antibiotics for about five days. And I don't know much about antibiotics, but I know it's not that good for you.
0: <laughs> so um, five days is a long time to be on antibiotics. But yeah, to, to be on
1: antibiotics. Um and then and that was because the hospital was fall so this is october don't give birth in october everyone's born <laughs> <laughs> Or
0: the new year babies coming out
1: yeah 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 so um yeah so then i was um i had antibiotics for five or what oh, was it about three days actually because they didn't put me on until um i was induced that's the word induced so i was induced oh, yeah. that still didn't work so, you know, everyone's like, oh, when you get induced, it's painful, it's horrible. I had it. I prepared myself and nothing yeah. happened. Oh, so, um, yeah, uh, after about three days, four days, I was put on the hormone drip and um, did it, gave birth that way. Okay. Um my experience wasn't nice. Um, I remember being, you know, treated quite roughly. Because I had my epidural. I couldn't feel beneath my waist. Yeah. So when they were like poking and plodging, it was quite aggressive. Mm. And I'm, I'm far from the aggressive person, you know. <laughs> so so um, my back was in a... I was in a lot of pain on my back. I was complaining, complaining, and they did nothing. They were like, yeah, that's, that's what's supposed to happen. And uh, I was saying, something's not right. The baby's heartbeat kept going up and down, up and down. And the... They just kept looking, checking, leaving, looking, checking, leaving. There was a time where a guy from the theatre—so I thought I was going to have like a C-section. The guy yeah. with his full suit came out and and was checking, and and he was he was the one that was rough. Like I said, we can't hear the heartbeat, yeah. so he he tightened the belt. You know the belt that um, yeah yeah for the, the CTG word. strap. Yes, the CTG. yeah, that strap. He actually tightened it to the point where I could barely breathe. I'm giving birth and this guy has tightened my belly. I, I wish i got his name. Oh, my gosh. If I go back in there and see his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then I, I was like, I was, you know, you're drowsy. You're giving birth. I was like to my boyfriend, I was like, it's too tight. You need to, like, do something. Yeah. You need to do something now. And then at the same time, the baby's heartbeat was. I, so it wasn't until I started crying. Yeah. My boyfriend. He, he, remember he's been up five days with me yeah, <laughs> so he's called my mum my mum's come in and she's just like no 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 she's coming all guns blazing
0: my mum mm, good it's formal you need that you know
1: yeah and she's like someone needs to check her and I said as soon as she's walked in I think the baby started to cram but okay. they told me that I wasn't going to give birth until that the next night but um so this is like what is this Sunday morning the baby's mm. head is crowning they told me oh, you're not going to give birth until in, in the evening because obviously in the hormone drip they can change the drip and they can do it yeah. for you yeah but clearly they messed something up because the baby is crowning and it's like 12 or 11 30 roughly and I was like mum Mom, feel it. She's like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know? I'm
0: like I'm not feeling your vagina. am okay. Fair, yeah. yeah. I was like, Mom, something's
1: wrong. It felt so weird. It yeah. felt so weird. But it was, it was the most amazing moment of my life yet. When I felt mm-hmm. that head, I was like, oh my God, she's making an right. But anyway, <laughs> my mom's gone out. <laughs> My mum ran into the hallway and got these. Uh, you know, probably no more than me. There's a woman that goes around checking, and she has yeah. a, like, stu- she had two students with her. Yeah. So my mum's called her in and she's checked. And um, this is the first time they checked me, by the way. They told me they're not going to check me because of risk of infection. Okay. And my water's broke, so they don't oh, yeah, want yeah. to touch down there. But. That doesn't make sense if I'm on antibiotics. If I'm on mm-hmm. antibiotics, surely the risk is low now. But anyway, <laughs> we move. So she's checked me. This is the first time she's checked me. And she's, like, she's, she's fully dilated. It's time to start pushing. And then she checked, you know, can you push because of the epidural? And like, yep, done. And I just remember thinking, thank God you've come in because if you didn't, I don't know what would have happened. Exactly. And
0: wow.
1: Yeah. So, but so she
0: delivered sense. the baby essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah. But she was walking around waiting to see if I give up because I think a lot of women who have it in um the epidural yeah. find it hard to push. So yes. she was just waiting around and but the other mid- midwife actually was um helping me mainly deliver the baby yeah. and um yeah, it was really good. But I think with women, when we have our babies, nothing else matters. Yeah. But I feel like we need to go back to the hospitals and, and, and you know Help each other out. Again, it's all about speaking up. Definitely speaking up and support each other. Things like pregnancy, periods, hormonal changes, anything like that. It's like a taboo. Women, your mom your aunties. I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. We all go through it. We all go through yeah. it. It's kind of like not a conversation to be had. Mm. So it's one thing I love about this generation. We're talking. We're speaking up. So we and, are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's it's saving lives.
0: I wanted to um also just kind of find out, you know, in relation to subsequent pregnancies, um, can endometriosis affect pregnancies that are after you've given birth? Does it worsen at that point or does it kind of pause for a bit? Mm.
1: Yes. Um, People, there's another myth that after pregnancy, it goes away. Yeah. But I'm living proof that it does not. <laughs> or it does improve or it goes away and apparently there are connections to breastfeeding Mm. that will help your hormones and help your body recover and makes it less likely for endometriosis to affect you in the future. But um, let's not push for that because when you tell women pregnancy cured endometriosis, either loads of women are going to try to get pregnant. Some people are going to be disheartened and disappointed because they think this is my only way out because again, there's no cure. Um, And also Women who do get pregnant are going to find themselves, you know, really disappointed when it does come back. And so, no, pregnancy does not get rid of endometriosis. Mm -hmm. But the myth didn't come from, you know, air I'm sure someone has had a great experience with pregnancy and endometriosis.
0: Yeah,
1: but yeah, I'm I'm not going to confirm anything because I know what it's like. One person, it works for one person, but it definitely doesn't work for the other. Yeah, they're, they're, it's true. Some women probably did, you know, have a better period. I, I did shortly after my pregnancy. My periods were perfectly fine. My mm. baby's now 10 months. I gave birth 10 months ago and my yeah. periods are awful. <laughs> As you heard, like I was just yeah. in bed. I was just, oh my gosh, I was in pain. And mm-hmm. Do you take
0: anything to, um, to, to manage the pain? Are there any pain relief or anything?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to. But now what I do is I have purely green meals before my period, okay, and I stick to. So I'm Jamaican, so tea cures everything. <laughs> I, although it's not going to cure it. Big tea. tea. Um, we no, we don't even have the tea bags. We get ginger, chop yeah. it up, boil the ginger. and yeah. um, garlic for the immune system because we're in COVID. I will just get teas and. <laughs> Yeah, but do you know what? I I have taken painkillers lately. Actually, I used to throw them up, but I don't anymore.
0: Okay,
1: but um, I don't really take. It's the last resort. It's basically the last resort. What I do yeah. is I I know my period's coming. I'm drinking water uh, all day long, flushing it through, getting the blood flow going. I'm being yes. really healthy. I'm trying to stay away from chocolate, even though you know that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but do you know what? Yeah, if I have a chocolate bar. I know I'm going to be in pain. If I were to talk about the day of my first period yeah. and anything that interrupts your bowel movements as well, mm. you know, if you're lactose intolerant or if you, you know, it, anything that makes you gassy or bloated, stay away from it. It's anti-inflammatory foods that you need to stick by before yeah. your period
0: and afterwards. Absolutely. so It's so, it's so interesting because mm. even just in light of everything we've just spoken about, everyone's body is different. You yes. know and you know it's yeah. interesting because your experience could be like completely different from someone else's experience, or yeah you know better still, you can maybe have some shared experiences, but you know somewhere down the line, you guys kind of go your separate ways or you you know the, the kind of yeah. you know experiences differ, so yeah, just kind of off the back of that, do you think there is um is any inheritance linked to endometriosis? Like, is it something that runs in the family? Or do you reckon it's something that um, anyone can, 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 can contract at any yeah. stage? Is there a reason why people have it? I know you spoke a bit about the, um, you know, the, the, what's it called? The estrogen. But yes. is there any inheritance factors linked to it that you've um, seen or heard of in literature or anything like that?
1: okay i have my facts <laughs> you are <laughs> you are actually two to three times more likely to inherit the disease from a close relative so yes your answer is yes and at the same time you don't my, my mom doesn't have it no one directly linked to me has it but i'm always watching out for my sister because she has like you know oh heavy periods no i'm always watching yeah. out for her. i do not i do not like to diagnose people so diagnose yeah. people like oh you have a endometriosis I actually hate it because when I remember how I was when I found out it's awful to even think you know but I do watch out for her and I do like the symptoms and things like that right yeah yeah and I do try to um I, I will tell her as soon as you are you're ready go to the doctor's get a check out mm. you know just yeah.
0: just check up you know that that should be really easy but actually it's quite hard to just to get a check up at the doctors yes. that's so true you know why do you think that is especially for us black women how why do you think it's so hard for us just to go to the doctors if we suspect something and say can you just can i do this can you do a reproductive health check or can you do a scan or can you refer me so and so because my you know why do you think it's difficult for us to do things like that and rather just maybe to take par- paracetamol ibuprofen or just kind of cope or deal with it in some way, like? This is what you know we do. What? Sometimes. I can hear my
1: dad and my boyfriend speaking in the back of my head about how um, it's all business. They like to pump drugs into us <laughs> and give us bad food because they want to get us back in the hospitals. They want us, you know, they want us to pay for this and that. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I'm hearing because it's true. As soon as I go to the doctors, there's always a pill to cure it. Apparently, <laughs> there's always a pill that they can yeah. give us, or they don't ever say exercise, eat well, sleep, sleep. Well, sleep does help, you know. <laughs> it really mm-hmm. does. If your body needs sleep and you know they don't ever assess your habits it's true so um it's difficult because the doctors have been taught in a way that you know for it's every reactive issue, there's a yeah. um there's a pill there's, there's something for every issue yeah. yes there's actually a you know it's all med- medical it's all pills yeah. medicine yeah so that's why and it that's unfortunately with endometriosis there is no no pill or no any medication that can that can save us
0: my question is that even with endometriosis right
1: Mm. i mean
0: if you have really for example one of the symptoms are very heavy periods or even perhaps a lot of pain but the thing is Mm. if you if you have if you take a pill or any form of contraception then to Mm. some extent that will if i'm getting this correctly that will then limit the symptoms isn't it expressing themselves yeah. because you're not having yeah. a real period and you obviously because you're not you're the lining isn't thickening so you're not even gonna have maybe uh, the pain isn't isn't is that correct or is that yeah. is, would I it mean, hide the symptoms I'm, to some extent if you are on the contraceptive um yeah
1: you know? definitely um i i'm a problem child so what i did was i took the <laughs> pill yeah and then i came off Because as soon as I felt, you know, when you first start taking the pill, I don't know if you've been on the pill or you're on the pill, you're really bloated, you feel horrible. But for me, I could not take it because already with antibiotics, I'm already bloated all the time. I'm already having flare flare ups. I hated the fact that my stomach is like this or I feel heavy. I feel, I felt so weird. And I did my research and the pill depletes nutrition. It takes away a lot of the substances. Mm. So you know the things that's naturally supposed to be fighting is endometriosis that you have, or anything. Just a normal woman, any you know, nutrition and all of that is fighting any disease or any issue yeah. that you have in your body. When you take the pill, it kind of draws that away. So,
0: yeah.
1: anyway, I came off the pill, and my my symptoms became like really bad. That's why I went straight in. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, so what it did was I felt like it masked the the actual symptoms. Yeah. So um, and that's true it does so it doesn't take it away it doesn't cure it it just stops you from feeling what's happening to your body and um, although you know I'm not going to tell women to come off the pill because then you will have like overpopulation (laughs) um, (laughs) but it's quite horrifying that you're given the pill um When you have endometriosis, because I feel like as human beings, we need to know what's going on with us. Definitely. And so when they prescribe me the pill, it's like, you're not real. Just deal with it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> take the pill, it will go away. But then when you come off, and that's the issue, right? Some women, because I remember my doctor talking to me, because I'm quite. I told you I'm a problem child. I was question, 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 question. They were saying. You can go on for uh, 10 years. And I said, because mm. I remember speaking to a friend about it. And they said, yeah, my friend was on the pill for 10 years. She came off and she's infertile. So I got scared. You know me. I got scared. I went into the doctors and I said, you know what? I'm not going to go on the pill for 10 years. And he was like, it's fine. You know, one of my patients were on it and they're fine. They have baby and la, 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 la. Yeah. And I thought to myself, how yeah. dangerous is that to go on the pill yeah.
0: for 10 years? Do you plan on having maybe a, uh, more children um, in the future? Is that something oh. that you're considering? definitely but um yeah definitely but in the future
1: right (laughs) now we're in a crisis I don't think you know reproducing any more than I already have (laughs) would save me but um I I would I would uh, definitely would because yeah once you again once you've been told you can't have you're gonna want in abundance but yeah um, so you you will have have seven right we're gonna see (laughs) I'm still me. I still want to do me. (laughs) I don't want to have seven. Yeah, (laughs) it's funny. Yeah, the man always wants ten. Ten, a football team, but the woman's like, you know. (laughs) And giving birth is quite scary. The more that you research, especially as a black woman, is quite scary. Absolutely. Yeah. With the statistics now, yeah, it's quite alarming. I wasn't aware at first, but then.
0: Afterwards, I'm looking and I'm
1: thinking, what? It's really that's why yeah. this happened. You know, they're like, oh, they don't believe your pain. I told her I was <laughs> like, in pain, and she ignored me. You start
0: making the connections <laughs> in your own experience. Like,
1: oh, yeah, you know, that time. Oh, could have really yeah. gone sour if uh, I didn't ex. Yeah, shocking. so I'm. I'm yeah. quite. I'm actually, to be brutally honest, I'm scared. I'm actually scared for the next one. This one, I'm so happy. that, that You know, it, it happened and it went well. Yeah. I, I, I experienced the heart rate dropping and all that. I experienced not knowing whether this is going to turn out well. Yes, Some women go and give birth is fine. But having that experience where you think, oh my God, she might not make it, I might not make it,
0: it's, it's the worst. Definitely, especially in light of, you know, everything that we've seen on news and on social media. I feel like a lot of women are now very apprehensive and fearful about going into, um, you know, into birth. and And, yeah. and, and I feel like... I kind of yeah their concerns are a legitimate concern absolutely but fear is one of those Mm. things which I try to encourage women not to have because that will automatically put you in a situation where you're kind of you're worrying and that's not good for the health of you or babies it's very important to kind of be optimistic and try and go in there with you know with a clear mind and and hoping for the best and expecting the best you know and, and yeah. demanding for your rights to be heard and demanding for your care to be A1. And we have that, um, and we should mm-hmm. demand for that because we deserve that. We deserve that, we deserve the best. No one should ever make we us do. feel like we, we're less or other. No, we're just as equal and entitled to care because we pay for it or sometimes, we, you know, even if we don't pay for it directly through private, we do pay for it during, uh, you know, sense. via our attacks and black women work very, very mm. hard. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, we do. Well, you know, we're just as entitled <laughs> as everyone else, and uh, yeah, I don't really, yeah, that notion of fear. I'm just like, guys, please try to sway away from that because that's that's not going to help us. Um,
1: yeah, fear but it's, again, us. it's the reality. It you're like, reality. um, you're you're ad- you advocate for, you know, it's true positivity. I am as yeah. well, but at the same time, I remember I had like, um. Mm a young black woman who when I first went in she made it feel like everything was going to be fine everything's great and then these other women came in yeah and there was actually another English lady she was quite old as well it was quite an only woman elderly yeah. woman from the UK she made me feel but there are some women that came in and so it's all about your your midwife it's definitely all about I your agree. midwife yeah so that that is it. Um, mm. All I can say is pray. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, say. definitely, definitely. And you know, <laughs> all I hopefully, say. by the grace of God, we see we we experience great midwives. You know, when we're about to have our labour, there needs to be
1: a change, and spirits. I think there will be a change. I Amen. think, Absolutely.
0: yeah, yeah. We, we look forward with, to that.
1: Yep, yeah, there needs to be with our hopefully with the Black Lives Matter movements. There'll be changes. In the police force, and there'll be changes in the hospitals, there'll be changes <laughs> in the schools. I'm telling you, I want to live to see it, honestly. <laughs> it's about standing up and having a voice is women like you and me who just do our little bit. Like I'm your average, like you know, I'm doing me. I'm having my baby. I'm working. It's I'm true. studying. I'm doing me. But at the same time, I have thought to myself, this this is not a business. This is a I want to educate others. I want to share my story. I want to try and you know. Provoke change. Um,
0: the more we do have conversations in our social groups, in our friendship groups, in our cohorts, then the better because that's when we start to bring a lot more awareness. It always, it always starts with awareness because once we can start feeling comfortable enough to talk about things outside of ourselves, then yep. we can empower other people, encourage other people, you know, and start to advocate just you know what you're doing, advocating for, you know, for, for women to speak up and to speak out and, and to say yeah. and to say things and be vocal and that and that is that's powerful. You know, when we have women speaking their truth and being open and talking about their experiences, yeah. it is is powerful because they act on it, you know. So yeah, I mean we're coming to an end now earlier honestly it's just been such an amazing (laughs) conversation it's been so insightful and i'm so yeah but it's good literally keep talking don't stop talking i'm a talker too right so i can completely resonate with you this is why we're doing this it's a good thing but yeah honestly um you know thank you so much for um you know for for sharing your experiences and your journey with us um if people want to hear more about you where can we find you where can we connect with you if you want to kind of reach out and stuff like that
1: yeah the moment i'm on instagram so if you type in endo mum uk mum m u m uk then i'm on there feel free to dm me okay. if you have any questions or if you need any advice
0: and um, yeah i'll be there great well honestly thank you so much Melia. it was a pleasure okay. great thank you for having me